Yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. Yo, this is man like Doreen. Hi, this is Tom Thurwa. This is Veggie. This is the Asian sensation Kanji. This is the nightmare fuel hustle alone. This is Joe Rage, the heavyweight classic. This is Mad Dog, O'Dockery. This is Tonga. I'm the Breaker, Kyle Kingsley. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. And you're listening to... And you're listening to... You're listening to... Broken but Glorious. Broken but Glorious. To Broken but Glorious podcast. Because like me, you are head to toe a pro. Hello, welcome to Brit Best Journeys on bbgwrestling.com. I'm Chris Lapp and I'm delighted to be joined online by the Rat King... Two bits. How are you doing this evening? Hello, I'm good. It's uh, nice to talk. Yeah. yeah, great. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, huge thanks for joining me this evening. Hi, Vince. Since we last spoke, when was OPW? Was about a month ago. Was it mocking, yeah. I've, yeah. I've got my calendar open, ready to say <laughs> my, uh, my dates. Um, yeah, it was, it was. It was about three weeks ago. Yeah, was that, that it? Wow, well, that was a fun show. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, it was good to be back in front of Markham again. Yeah, they're all crazy. I've never been in, such, in front of a, such a crowd before. I think yeah. the, the thing I liked most about Markham back when it was Alpha Omega was mm. everyone had a story. Yeah. So, like, for instance, um, I came in. I wasn't even booked on the show. I think a couple of people couldn't make it, so I got kind of shuffled on last minute. All right. Um, I, got to, I got to interrupt the raffle. Major <laughs> heat. Major, major heat. Uh, did some promo. Craig Collins comes out in his return. He's been out on injury for months and months. Um, everybody goes wild. It's basically a squash match. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I get the roll-up at the end because there was like a distraction. And wow. I get the roll-up. And then my entire thing for like the next 16 months was that I beat Craig Collins in my debut. <laughs> and I had like this big sign and everything. Um, I probably wouldn't do anything like it now. No. <laughs> but it was fun at the time. Like Looking back on it, it's quite funny. And then it, it all led up to... Markham's last show, where it was me and Craig in a match. Ah, oh, And so, like, it, it was like one big massive build over. In fact, the entire time I was at Markham. See, I get in the come back in front of Markham when it's you know full capacity and everyone's there and everyone's making loads of noise. It was there. It was pretty sick. That was brave. I loved it. A bit crazy trying to get home from it at that time of night, but <laughs> yeah, I missed my last train, so I had to get a. Luckily, James Greenwood lived in Liverpool, so he could get me to Shrewbrook. And then we chased down the bus. <laughs> we got in front of the bus. So he got, he got, he let me off. <laughs> yeah, after we chased down the bus, he let me off the bus stop. And luckily, yeah, I got like the last bus into town and I got the last train home uh, to walk for like half an hour from the train station to home. I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> great day, but was it was a pain. Yeah. <laughs> it was a pain to get home from. <laughs> it was like, yeah, I love it. Sounds like a proper adventure, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you, um, do you not drive? No. I've never oh, been to Morecambe okay. before, so in my head, oh, it's only in the northwest. It's not that far away. It's right on that peninsula, isn't it? Yeah. So it's not, you can't just go straight there. You've got to go around the peninsula and get into it. Mm. It was the, the same with Barrow, where I'm originally from. Yeah. Except you've got to go even further around. <laughs> yeah, so you had a, you've had a great return. To the ring post lockdown, you just go through some of the highlights. So you challenged some of this for the future shock championship. Was that your first match back? Um, it would have been my second. I second, think. yeah, yeah. I think my first would have been against Luke Jacobs on the same day. Yes, but on yeah. the earlier. Day. Yeah, well, it's the same day, two shows in one mm. day. So I did Luke Jacobs and I did came out for the open challenge. Yeah, yeah. 
he lost that by disqualification. So. Damon Lee came out and interrupted it. The yeah. Slimy bugger. Um, oh. But then they've gone on and done their thing. Damon Lee's now won the title. Yeah. Uh, it's a cool story. Yeah, it's a great story. Shame I didn't win, but oh well. Then you went on to regain your BWR Cruiserweight title, which BWR vacated all the titles, didn't they? So then you you beat Kate Kid Like Us yeah. to win your title back. So Kid Like Us too, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's my he's my six year old's favourite wrestler at the moment, Kid Like Us too. He he loved Joe Nelson, but now he's got a mask on, he's like, Oh, he's my favourite wrestler. So, <laughs> who? Sure who? Who? Yeah, who? <laughs> Sorry. And no, he's 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 great. Yeah, I love him. Um, he's not on my fantasy booking card, but no. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it. Is he even 18 yet? Has he just, must have just turned 18 recently? I think so, yeah. 18 or 19 now? I think he was 60. I think he was 60 when I interviewed him in like 2018. So he must be here, yeah, 18, 19 now. Sick. Yeah. I can't, I can't, yeah. I mean, <laughs> How crazy it's going to be when he's 23. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> going to be insane. Mm-hmm. Um, you appeared in the Rumble for the BWR Heavyweight Championship. That must have been fun. How, how did your Rumble go? Uh, it was good. Came out at 28, um, beat some people up, and then Doug Williams came out. I had a <laughs> spot with Doug. Oh, wow. Yeah, I saw that on your Facebook. So, yeah, that was quite cool. Um, he eliminated me, but I got to go home that night with a belt and be able to say that I bit Doug Williams. Yeah, that's, cool. <laughs> that's cool. It's one of the it's one of the things of wrestling that in twenty years time I can look back on and be like, oh, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> and then the, was it the last show you, you successfully defended your belts against? Like two, three of the best, really, Calvin Newman, you know, Scotty Walk, and Kid Like Us too again. So. That scramble match, yeah, yeah, stressful. Um, stressful. <laughs> I got the sleeper on. Mm. It was the last three seconds that I got the sleeper on. Wow. Yeah, I think if we left it any later, we Scotty <laughs> Rock would have won. Yeah, wow. <laughs> um, and then also I had that match at Markham that we were on about before. Um, yeah, so you Kev Lloyd. Yeah, the Markham favorite. Sex- I mean, he came out as sexy Kev as well, so the crowd crowd just went crazy for sexy Kev. <laughs> oh, but yeah, he put put you over as like a proper hail to like beat the like the <laughs> Markham favorites. Yeah, was he multiple time Omega um, tag team champion, wasn't he? So, so. He was, yeah. Um, it's the first time that me and Jennifer had done our, our stick together as well. Uh, and I, th- I feel like it went quite well. Mm-hmm. It's the first time. I was happy with how it all went. Is that the first time at Morecambe or ever? Just anywhere. Anywhere, I mean, really? We, we had the where? spot. We had the spot where we established Jennifer mm. and I were together. Yeah. But it wasn't like a. She came out with me or anything like that. Oh wow! It's yeah. I I wouldn't yeah. Seeing yeah, that wouldn't have didn't cross my mind that this is the first time it ever happened. So I thought she was great. She's your manager, so so she used to manage Chuck Wood. Yes, um, <laughs> Matt Myers. Yeah. yeah, that's where I knew, yeah, that's where you were from. Yeah, um, but obviously it was a completely different gimmick and everything. Yeah, and <laughs> um, but I mean over lockdown and everything, we we've discussed it a lot. We've had mm. a lot of ideas. We've talked to people like Chris Brooker and done a lot of character classes and everything, trying to sort out like the whole dynamic and the whole uh, goals and motivations and everything like that as well. Oh, amazing. And uh, yeah, having, having a, a manager as a heel always adds something to the match, I think. You can always, you've always got someone there for the distraction. And if 
they don't want the face to lose clean. It's always good that you can have the manager and you can have a screw finish. So it's a great, it's, it's just a great way of getting around, make the face lose and clean as well. And then, then yeah. you don't get any sympathy at all for if you lose as well. It's, yeah, it's a great way of getting heat on you. <laughs> so, I think we're going to build a good story around Jenny as my manager going yeah. forward and Markham especially. Definitely. Were there any matches or storylines in 2020 you're particularly looking forward to that you couldn't do due to COVID? Oh, well, there is Knockout Wrestling, which is um, the company I started at in Barrow. Yes. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything, but I think there's a good good couple of matches coming up there that I'm looking forward to. Um, I get everything that's happening at BWR now, which has mm-hmm. sort of been put back a year. Um, things going forward with BWR I'm looking forward to as well. Yes. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I, it's awkward. I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> um, that's, that's okay. That's yeah, I was speak, uh, speak, speaking to Andrew at the Morecambe show, and he said he's just rewrote and rewrote and rewrote the storylines for um, no, um, knockout wrestling over the last eighteen months. <laughs> he's got so many ideas. Lesson. Like, <laughs> yeah, so he said, he's, yeah, he's been doing like fan, his own fantasy things, just writing stuff down. Because yeah, because he just needed to be a general manager. <laughs> that sounded fun. <laughs> All right, our kid, it's Danny Proper here. You're listening to the Broken But Glorious podcast. Right, so we get we go back uh, to the beginning. So, who was your favorite wrestler growing up? Oh, I always get asked this, and then I'd say there's about five. But if I had to pick one, yeah, um, yeah, I'd probably say Undertaker. Be saying growing up, yes, Undertaker was just a guy. Like when it, obviously when I was growing up, I was uh, say I was nine years old, ten years old. It's two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten, that sort of time. That yes. was really into wrestling. Uh, and Undertaker was just like the top guy, or at least for kids, Undertaker was like the top guy. Yes, definitely. Like everyone knew Undertaker. Like we all knew Cena, we all knew Triple H and everybody, but Undertaker was like the one. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's doing the eye rolls and everything. Yeah. And <laughs> um, so I, th- I think Undertaker. You're making me feel old now. Yeah. <laughs> Undertaker was just, just debuting when I started watching WWE. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, was it 1990, 1991? <laughs> so, oh, yeah, 40 next week. So, but yeah, I, I, I did That's like his, his, his later runs. But yeah, just the way he kept reinventing himself, always kept himself relevant. And yeah, that. that Late 2010s run was really good of his, I think. So I, I loved, I loved him in the like the Royal Rumble 08 and his feud of Shawn Michaels and Triple H and most of them. Then a couple of years, that was yeah, yeah. that was brilliant. So what prompted you to dawn yeah, decide to get the ring yourself? So I was I think 12 years old, and um, and I have a friend called Will, uh, who's Will Carter. Yes, and you would have seen him at Markham. Yes. And I have another friend, Lucas Neon, Ooh. who again you would have seen at Markham. And um, we're all the same age. We're from the same school. And um, as it is in, well, we're from the same uh, primary school, from the same oh, wow. senior school. Yeah. Yeah. So we've known each other since, since we were, what, 10 years old, something like that. Um, and Will's brother was a wrestler at KOW. So he went to training with him. And Tom went to training with his dad. And so it's just sort of something I knew about. Um, I yeah. came down once just to try it out and really enjoyed it. Um, and I just sort of stuck to it. It was like a hobby. It was a nice little hobby. And then 
obviously as I got older and as opportunities for shows started to come up as we got a bit older and as we got to, you know, like 16. Yeah. And um, I just started doing shows and really enjoyed it. And I thought this is something I want to do. With like the Undertaker being your f- favorite wrestler, did, did you want to do like a darker character? or? Um, still- well, I think at this point, Undertaker probably wasn't my favorite anymore. Right, okay. Uh, that was that was probably a thing when I was a bit younger. I think at this point it would change to probably a bit more like Roman Reigns, um, Daniel Bryan, mm-hmm. Cesaro, that sort of mix. Um, but I mean, no, I don't think I ever wanted to be a darker character. So yeah. it definitely started out a lot more um, gimmicky than he is now. Yeah, the, the inspiration for Two Bit was I don't know if you know Hollywood and Dead, the other band. Yeah, the the. So there's like a group of them. Um, there's yep. one of them called Charlie Scene. I used to be big into Hollywood and Dead when I was 14 or that sort of age. Yeah, they were, ju- they were, just, co- they were just coming Scene. out when I was kind of getting out of new metal. So, uh, okay. yeah, so, so just, yeah. And there's one, yeah, Charlie Scene. And he, his sort of look is that he's got the hood and the bandana uh-huh. over his face. And I really like that look. And I was at training once and and I was I was there, and Craig Collins was there. I don't know if you know Craig Collins. Uh, I've, heard, I've, I've, yeah, I've, heard, I've heard great things about him. I haven't had a chance to see him live yet. So. I was hoping yeah. to see him at Morecambe. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, he, we were just talking about different character stuff, and he was on about an idea that he had. And it was like a sort of gangster character. Mm-hmm. And it, the idea was that he'd been hanging around the strip clubs, and he started, you know, dealing whatever. And yeah started making a bit of money off it. And he sort of becomes like this mobster kind of guy. And I took that and in my head I thought, okay, what about a gangster but more like a like the Chav sort of route? Hmm. And so I started wearing the Charlie scene get up with the, the hood and the bandana and everything. Um come out in like trackies, but then I'd pull the trackies down so you can see my underpants, you know what I mean? Like classic yeah. <laughs> stereotypical Chav. Um and I'd come out and try and talk like a chav. <laughs> Looking back, it's it's the cringiest thing you've ever seen now. Fifteen mm. <laughs> year old me, fifteen year old white blonde baby face meat, whatever you want to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's there, he's going, Oh, oh bruv, bam, and all this. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> it's not me. I'm no. I'm not a chav, I'm probably the opposite, you know what I mean? <laughs> um that's what it was, and it developed and you know, I became um it started off as the two bit gangster two bit. <laughs> um, it developed into uh, the King of Chavs, uh, the Gangster Lord, and all this stuff. And then it was over lockdown where like, I had a proper long think about it. And I knew yeah. I kind of wanted to change something before lockdown. And I wasn't sure which way to go. Um, and then during lockdown was when I like properly went into it. And that's where the racking came from. And now I'm not so much a Chav, but more, it's a lot more true to myself. Yes, yeah, and I prefer that because it's more natural. And um, and now, yeah, I'm just like a little goblin boy. Next, yeah, when, when I when I said you're you're a cruiserweight champion, might people might who haven't seen you might think you're quite a flippy wrestler, but you're quite the opposite. You're you're like technically sound, scrappy, hard hitting. Do the art that you can do. Yeah. You can, probably can do the flippy stuff if you wanted, but the, you do. I can't try and think. But like, there was Jamie Noble before your time. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie, like the oh, yeah, Jamie I, Noble, Kid Cash type of cruiserweight, rather. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jamie Noble's um, a good inspiration. Yeah, especially um, Jamie Noble and then um, Nidia for me and Jennifer. Yes, 
a similar sort of dynamic, yeah. And we watched them for a lot of inspiration and stuff, yeah. Yeah, they're they're uh, yeah they're they're a lot of fun them two together, <laughs> so, especially when she got yeah. blinded by uh, was it Jerry blinded her? Then for weeks she was going around being blind. <laughs> he, 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 he yeah, that's squ- right. Yeah, he, he squirted black ooze in her face, and that makes you blind apparently. <laughs> so, <laughs> of course, yeah. It comes to Japanese uh, wrestling law, black black spray in the face gets you, makes you blind. <laughs> so, <laughs> So you, you mentioned you're um, making tweaks to your character. Are you making tweaks to your moveset as well? Um, yeah. Yeah, ever since I've come back to training. Um, I've been doing a lot of training with Sam Bailey and Chris Ridgeway down at Future Oh, wow. Shop. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I'd say my moveset is, from before lockdown to now, it's very different to what it was. Mm. Um, I think it fits a lot better as well. There's a lot more going for the legs, which makes sense, because I'm a little goblin boy. Yeah, yeah. And... <laughs> um, yeah, I can do a mean Boston crab now, which I can switch into a lion, uh, lion tamer. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot more scrappier things that fits me as a smaller guy. Yeah. Because I'm going to be honest, I'm not a big guy. Um, I mean, I'm five foot five, and I don't want to wrestle like I'm six foot. I'm going to wrestle like I'm five foot five. Yeah, um, definitely. <laughs> yeah. But that's kind of the whole point. The whole point is that you're going to expect nothing from me because I'm small and I'm insignificant and then I'm going to wrestle circles around you because I'm vicious and I can do all these cool things you say you're 5 for 5 but you have gotten quite quite great shape over lockdown I've seen from the photos uh, I've put on a lot of size yeah, yeah. compared to before lockdown mm. um, I've got strangely large lats <laughs> <laughs> they just keep getting bigger I mean I'm not complaining but no. <laughs> I don't know how they're so big. Yeah, I, I need to get my thighs. I need to get. I've got. I've went, I reckon I'm a 36 in my chest, the waist now. During lockdown, I went up to 18 stone just through just sitting, eating cake and yeah. have bacon. Because everyone's here on bacon butties for breakfast every day. Then we'll have pasties for our lunch every day. And then afternoon cake and bread tea every day. <laughs> so I shot up for like 15 and a half stones, 18 stone in like three months. Probably. Yeah, I, lo- I lost it by Christmas, but I haven't lost it in the legs. So, so I put, I put on my jeans and they, they massive around my waist. So when I went to buy a pair of smaller waist, I can't get them past my legs. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I can't get them to thirty six past my thighs. I know exactly what you mean. And I'm like, oh. yeah. So I just I can't. I've, so I've, I've been, got, uh, been living in shorts because I just no jeans seem to be comfy anymore because I've got. Like, Really small waist and a really big legs. Now. So I need to buy them baggies I used to wear when I was like 18. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Mm. So, I mean, because I've got, I'm going to say thick legs, but I've got all right sized legs. Yeah. Um, but because they're so short, I've got little stubby legs. Um, jeans, okay, I either buy jeans that fit the length way, but then are really tight, mm. or I have to buy jeans that are way too long, but are comfy. Yes. And so I have yeah. to roll them up or I let them hang or whatever. It's a real issue. It is, yeah. I'm only five foot seven. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Trying to get like a 20, something like a 28 eight, eight inch leg, I think I need to get. Oh, yeah, but they never sell them for a 20, a 38 size waist. <laughs> they seem to think if you've got a 38 size weight, you must be six foot, but no. Uh, there's fat, there's fat people who <laughs> are my size. But anyway, wrestling. <laughs> Back to wrestling. Um, should we go slightly serious for a sec? So since 
So we had the Speaking Out movements last June. How have you found Britfest since you've returned? And have you noticed that it's any difference? How's the locker rooms been in, that you've been in? Um, I think it changes from show to show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on a positive, there has been changes Yes, um, for a majority of the shows that I've been to. Uh, for example, like Markham Odyssey and Future Shark. Uh, like at Markham, there's separate changing rooms. There is. Now. Um, and that's for the men and the women. And then there's like a communal area. Mm-hmm. So obviously women need their own separate changing room. Um, but also men have their own separate changing room. So they're not getting changed in front of the girls. Yes. Which I think is a good idea. Yeah, um, definitely. Safeguarding officer and everything. Great. I think it's great. Um, I think we've still got a long way to go. Um, I think there's yeah. still a lot that needs to be done. Um, I mean, it, it's an, it's an awkward issue. I don't think I can sit and sum it up in a minute. Yes. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's a wide issue that, that you can talk about for a long time. Um, I think it goes all the way to how much the government cares about the arts and how much mm-hmm. they're bothered to regulate and create laws and protections for um, different kinds of arts and pro wrestling in general. Uh, I mean, this, it's not just an issue in the wrestling industry. It's issues in um, if you were doing gigs, music gigs, or if you were mm-hmm. doing any any of them kind of industries. There's similar issues that prevail. Um, I'm glad that a lot of the bad people are gone. Yes. I'm happy with that. And I hope that they stay gone. And I hope that if they try and come back, they won't be welcomed back. Um, I hope it stays that way. But yeah, I think we've still got a long way to go. Yeah, from the shows I've been to, it seems like there's a good camaraderie between the locker room now. And I think even even with the, if they try if a promoter tries to bring back one of the, the guys who got um, out of during it, I, think, I don't think that the fans would let it happen because I'm sure. Or who was was it? All Star just put somebody on the poster who got outed, and fans were all over the venue saying, "Do you know this person's on the show at your venue?" And so. Yeah, I don't you, think I think you, so, I don't, yeah. I don't think it would happen. I don't think you can be you would be able to have a bad promoter or a bad train in school these days. I just don't think anyone. Would. Um, I think what it's all it? context. I think it's how well known the promotion is. How yeah, I mean, when it's a big promotion, obviously people are going to be on its back. Yes, um, if Progress did something like that. Everyone would be on the back. Mm-hmm. But if it's let's say we go to. I don't know, the, the tiniest little corner of Scotland in the middle of nowhere with a wrestling promotion that have two followers on Twitter. Maybe. <laughs> if they brought somebody back, it's not, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, um, yeah, I think there's still room for, uh, for, for bad people to, to take advantage of people. And mm-hmm. um, I think that's what we need to improve on, basically. Yes, definitely. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like I said, I think there has been good changes. Um, and I'm happy to say that for, in fact, all the shows that I've been at, there have been good changes. And it's good to see that promoters are definitely trying to make positive change. Yeah, because I, I interviewed um, Tyler Devlin oh, just after, so in last autumn, probably September-ish time, need, what, what they put into place at BWR just seems great. I'm sure it's come on again, because that was like a year ago when he was telling me what they planned to put in place. Yeah, yeah my, my, my local promotion, the rest around, it sounds like what they're putting in place going is great. Mm, yeah, that's. But looking forward, um, I was going to say, Brit Rest's back. Do you have like a wish list of opponents you want over the, maybe the next year or so? Uh, or? 
think my wish list is probably about a hundred people long. <laughs> I'll try and I'll try and sum up the top ones. Um, so I think like the the top dream sort of guys is probably mm. Chris Ridgeway. Obviously trained by him. Yes. Known him for known him since I started in Barrow. So I've known him since I was about twelve, which is a long time. So I think and then Will got his match with Chris at KOW and Lucas got his match with Chris at KOW. Yes. And and then I by chance didn't get my match. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's something that I've always wanted. Um, I think that'd be nice. Would you like at uh, KOW or John at like local matches at KOW? Um, either or really. Hmm. I mean, KOW would be nice because obviously it's it's where we started and everything. Yeah, so that's the nice spin on it. But also in front of a different crowd would be fine as well. Um, somebody else, Doug Williams. I think uh, my my style of wrestling and gimmick and everything and Doug would fit quite well together. Yeah, I could see that working. Also. Really well. also it's Doug Williams. Yes, legend. <laughs> of course, I want to wrestle him, yeah. Um, I probably put Will Carter on the list. And obviously, I've wrestled him probably about a million times. <laughs> but we haven't wrestled each other in quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, we're very close. I mean, I, I used to live with him live with him for a couple of years. Before oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, so we're, we're, yeah, we're quite close. Um, I haven't got any brothers or sisters, but he's probably the closest thing I've got to a brother. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Uh, and he's going to be, he's going to be training a lot more in September. And I think, yeah, I think it'd be nice to see like how far we've come. And um, obviously I've gone through a lot of changes mm-hmm. since the last time we wrestled yeah. when I was king of champs and everything. And now I'm like, <laughs> wrestling completely different. And yeah, I think it would be nice to see how far we've come. Yes, definitely. That sounds good. And um, so that's probably my top three. Mm-hmm. Well, promotions-wise, is there any particular promotions you want to work around the UK who you haven't worked for um, before? I'd happily work uh, RevPro. Yes. Um, I think that'd be quite nice, yeah. A lot of fun. Um, Progress, I think that'd be also be quite fun. I, I, I wouldn't for... even mind. Yeah. I know Progress are going to be coming in front of crowds at some point. I can't I wait for them to be back in front of crowds, yeah. <laughs> I think it'll be good, yeah. Say, but, I've, enjoyed, I've enjoyed what they've been doing recently, but it's it's one of them companies that seems to need a crowd. I think they, the crowd just brings something to it. I think, I think precious, oh, yeah. sh- precious shows without crowds. Just to, to, oh, I don't know. So I, I've it's, quite enjoyed it, but they are missing. So I think I'd enjoy it a lot more if they had a crowd. So. There's some matches that I think would be better with a crowd. Mm. Um, but there's some matches that I think have done better without the crowd. Oh, well, yeah. Because I mean, when there's the crowd, you've got the camera cutting to see the crowd and the reactions. Oh, yeah. um, and you've got, and you, you kind of get distracted with the noise. And there's some matches, like um, uh, one of the matches is like Chris and uh, Kawara Noir, mm-hmm. uh, when they did the, the first match that they did for the title. Yeah. And like the storytelling and everything, like the little details and stuff, I don't think I would have noticed if there was a crowd. Oh, maybe. I don't, I don't even know if the camera would have picked it up if there was a crowd because the camera would have been too busy switching and everything and whereas because all of the focus is on the match mm. you kind of brought into it a lot more yeah oh, i see um, that. i can say it that way i think chris i mean he talks about it training and everything but i think he's done a good job with working with no crowd like if you watch him when he comes out in his entrance he looks at the camera he's like bringing you in yeah and uh, it's little details like that I'd, I'd find it more interesting than a lot of matches that have crowds nowadays and um, so I, even if I went to progress and worked without a crowd, I, I think I'd still enjoy that. 
Oh, yeah, for, yeah, reasons. But yeah, I think it's more of a niche. And mm. I think a lot of wrestling needs crowds uh, for moments and everything. But maybe a couple of matches here and then could be a, a crowdless match. Yeah, if it's a novelty. I, 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 yeah, I wouldn't like to go back to no crowds all the time. Oh, so, some of that, no, some, like some, that. Of the, some of the WWE stuff was a chore to watch with no crowds. But. Yeah, uh, I did not enjoy Thunderdome so much. <laughs> yeah. I said that, I think, yeah, it took them a while. I think by SummerSlam, they'd figured it out-ish how to wrestle with no crowd. I think how they filmed it, they changed how they filmed the matches and stuff. And I think they figured the... Uh, you could tell which wrestlers had worked the indie scene and which were, were WWE products because the likes like Bailey and Sasha, you've known, have wrestled in front of nobody or in front of like 10 people before. <laughs> but then Randy Orton just looked lost. It's like, what, 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 my whole gimmick is to get the crowd to <laughs> boo me. <laughs> so it's, yeah. So it's, it's like, I think it's okay with about two months to figure out what to do. But yeah. Bailey, Sasha, Oscar, just all seem to know what to do straight away. This is Rick Marcus, and you've been listening to Broken But Glorious Podcast. Alright, so if you're a promoter for a day, promoting an event, so you as a wrestler you've either worked with, trained with, wrestlers are associated to you in some way. If I give you a match type, you tell me who you put in that match. Yeah. Yeah. And as, as it's your show, every match can be intergender, every match can be three way, four way, five way, six way. Anything you want, if you want to throw a stipulation on a match, you can do it. It's completely up to you. There's no, there's no budget. <laughs> so, right. So, um, right. So well, I've, I've oh, sorry. already written out the card. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realise I could put stipulations. On. It's, it's your card. You can do whatever you want. So, so what would be your opening contest? Get the crowd excited. So, um, so I had a long think about this. I struggled with this one because there's a, there's a couple of different people that I wanted to put in. And I thought about making it a three-way, and I thought about making it a four-way, but I thought, mm. no, it needs to be a singles. It's the opener. I want yes. it to be a singles. Right? So I've put Lachlan Sharp versus Keenan. Ooh, yes. And I have, I have sort of stole that from Future Shark, yeah. uh, the last show that they did. But there's a reason for that. It's because I think they're both very good wrestlers. I said they're both great. <laughs> yeah, I think this would be a very good, just ba- not basic, um, a very good just solely wrestling match mm-hmm. I mean Keenan um, seeing how far Keenan's come in the last year is insane um, I mean uh, we did a match last September for Future Shock yes um, and like seeing how far he's come from that match to now and he, he like he, he puts the graph in and you can tell every time I'm at training he's always there like all the time um, and like seeing how far he's come from there is, is great and how far he's come since Obviously, he had the big injury on his knee. Mm-hmm. He was out for a long time. Yeah, and seeing how how he's come back from that, and I mean, it's not easy. And um, how he's come back from that, and yeah, it's just it's good to see. And I think he's turning into a very good wrestler. I think give it another year, and I think he'll be a really good wrestler. And yeah. then Lachlan Sharp as well. Yeah. And um, ever since I moved to Manchester, I've known Lachlan. I think literally the first time I saw him at training, I was like, oh my god, this guy's great. Yeah, he's someday I really like, want to see live. I've not seen him live yet. I've only seen him on YouTube, but yeah, what, um, what I've seen is great. So. Very distinct style. Mm. Different to a lot of people, uh, the way he wrestles. It's almost like he's only half trying. But at the same <laughs> time, he, he makes it look like he's given all effort. Yeah. It's weird to explain. 
But when he's wrestling around, it's like he doesn't even have to really try because he's just such a good wrestler. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know he's got like a lot. I think he's got catch wrestling background. Or he's got some kind of wrestling background anyway. So yeah. he knows a lot of this stuff that he's on about. Oh, amazing. Um, he's just a cool guy. Yeah, I think. And I, I didn't see the match that he did at Future Shock. Mm-hmm. But I saw them talking about ideas and then bouncing off each other. And I think they work really well together, and I think they, they bounce off each other really well. So I think for just a good wrestling match to open the show, I think, yeah, Hawkins, Sharp, and Keenan. Yeah. When I interviewed um, Synergy, they said that their plan is just to ride Ke- uh, Keenan's coattails <laughs> to the top. That's their plan, because he's so good. <laughs> uh, what about uh, a comedy match? Comedy style match. So I listened to... Um, some of the podcasts that you did during mm. lockdown. Yes. Now, I noticed that a lot of people put Big Guns Joe on the comedy match. I think about 90% of people put Big Guns Joe on the comedy match. <laughs> I am not going to put Big Guns Joe on the comedy match. No. And I will explain why later. Okay. Right? Um, but I will put... So I had it as a singles originally, and then last minute I changed it to a triple threat. Oh, amazing. Okay. So I've put Wing Commander Nash. Yes. <laughs> classic comedy wrestler. I bet... 80% of people have put one command. <laughs> um, just a funny guy. I love him. Uh, it, I, can't yeah, remember what show, I can't remember what show it was, but he came out He came out in the Rumble and he did like the three faces of Foley, but he had like every gimmick yeah. he ever does. I think he came out about five, um, three or four or five times. My six year old was the funniest thing ever. I can't remember. The True, the true Grit Rumble? Could have been. I can't remember. I think so, yeah. I think, I think Russell, um, Jenny wrestled on that Rumble as well. <laughs> Yeah, my six-year-old thought it was the funniest thing ever. Yeah. It was kept coming yeah. out different, different personas. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think yeah, when Commander Nash can come out, do all of his funny shit, mm-hmm. um, and I'm putting him against somebody who isn't a comedy wrestler, um, but I'm putting him against Scott Oberman. Ooh, who can be very funny. I've, I've seen him. Be, it, I'm sure it, he can be funny. When, yeah. when, it, when it was Scott um, Seth Skyline. I saw, I saw because, him doing a bit of dancing and stuff with um, Sugar Duncanson. Yeah, well, I, don't, I don't want I don't want Seth Skyline, I want Scott Oberman. Yes, um, S- serious, Scott. Uh, I think yeah. comedy matches work the best when mm-hmm. there's a funny one and a serious one. Yes, definitely. I, if, if it's too funny, people, yeah, it's like it's good, it's character, it's gimmicky, but it, it sort of um, drowns itself in its own gimmick. It's, it gets too much. Yeah, all comedy works you, if there's a straight man and then there's a funny man usually. So. Yeah, we need to break it up a bit. Mm. And I think Scott Oberman is probably the most serious man I've ever met in wrestling. Yes. Um, maybe not backstage, I mean, in terms of gimmick. Mm-hmm. But also has quite a defined character. Um, proper like moody teenager, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And so, it's it's something experience. I always remember about Scott Oberman is I was at a This Is Wrestling show and just helping out. And they were doing like the Friend Olympics. Whatever it was. And anyway, it's these two teams and they're, they're supposed to be friends and they're supposed to be giving each other compliments. Yeah. And it all falls apart and they're insulting each other and everything. <laughs> and Dan Evans is insulting the other two and everything. And you can see Scott's just sat there and he's like just getting more and more pissed off. <laughs> and like, and like I'm sat and I'm watching him and you can see on his face like he's just boiling over. And it got to a point where he literally just screamed and everyone in the room, all the crowd just went silent. Wow. It, it was like, a, and like, I remember that more than any match or anything on that card. Just like that moment of character work. Yeah. Um, 
and so I think I think he can bounce quite well off a comedy character. Yeah, and I was debating whether to put Scott in the opener because he's a very good wrestler as well. Oh, he's amazing! But I yeah. thought he can do comedy, um, and then he can break up the comedy a little bit by showing how good of a wrestler he is. A good example of him uh, against the comedy wrestler him he was against G Money at um, TNT Ignition. That's right. Yeah, and he just he wasn't take, just wasn't taking anything from G Money. G Money's trying to do all this funny yeah. stuff, and he just yeah shouts at him just. Yeah, St- stop, stop it, and yeah, just take it seriously and stuff. It's amazing. He's very good at keeping a serious face. Um, uh, compared to me, who yeah. I'm really, really bad at it, <laughs> I'm, I'm the worst for corpse. And but yeah, she's great. Um, so it was just going to be a singles match, and then last minute, I thought, okay, I'm going to put Chris Sharp in there. Ooh, as in the referee, yeah. Chris Sharp. Um, <laughs> I think he uh, he has a good mindset for how to put certain matches together, mm-hmm. uh, and I think a comedy match could do really well. And also, Chris Sharp is in wrestling is probably one of the funniest people I've ever met. He's got a hench recently. I always see him on yeah, live, yeah. his chest out. <laughs> um, yeah, I think he, he's he's definitely a character in real mm-hmm. life and yeah. in wrestling. <laughs> um, I think yeah, he's very funny. And I think he'd just add to the match. I think he'd have a lot of good ideas for the match and a lot of funny ideas. Um, I think he'd do a lot of funny things himself. I mean, I've watched the match that he wrestled. Yeah. Um, it's surprisingly an alright match. It's, it's quite good, actually. Yeah. Um, and he... Yeah. I, I, yeah. Uh, I, I, he doesn't... He's not afraid to not take himself too seriously. Definitely. So I think he'd be perfect in this match. Great. How about your women's title match? So I've got Kanji. Yes. Because it's the women's title, I've got yeah. Kanji as champion. Mm-hmm. And I think Kanji is probably one of the best wrestlers in the UK at the minute. Definitely. Not even just women's wrestlers, I think just any wrestler. And mm-hmm. um, very good. And I've got her against Gia Adams. Ooh, that'll be, that'll be good. I think Gia is very good as well. And um, obviously plays the, the big, uh, the big, the big heel off face very well. But in this match, I want her to play the big heel. Yeah. And I want it to be the, the underdog story. Oh, there we go. Um, yeah, I think that would just be a solid match. Yeah, until, until lockdown. I'd only seen her for like two minutes in, in a rumble at Wrestle Island, but since lockdown's finished, I've seen her three times, I think. She happens, yeah, and she just gets better every time I see her. But, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, it's class. Yeah, and I, I, I interviewed Kanji years ago, and she was lovely. And yeah, I've, I've followed her career ever since. I was so happy when she became Progress Champion. I was so, so gutted when she had to give it up recently. But, but yeah, she well deserved being Progress Champion. Yeah, that'd be that'd be fun. That'd yeah, be a great match. <laughs> um, uh, mid-card title, so you like your workhorse title match? Or? So for mid-card, I have put um, Joe Kessler. Yes. Who? Yeah, so Joe Kessler, who obviously I train with a lot. Um, mm. And I've put him against Cara Noir. Ooh. I'm kind of cheating because I haven't trained with Cara Noir. I'd, I've met him a couple of times, but I've never really spoke to him. Yes. Um, so, I've, so I've kind of cheated on this. <laughs> but obviously, Joe Kessler's debuted this, this new character, um, Public Enemy sort of thing. And I'm quite interested in it. I want to see what he does with it and where I, it I, goes. Sc- I scrolled right past it. I had no idea it was him. Both have face paint. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a good point. And I think. The reason I want to do this match is because they both think outside the box. Definitely. Obviously, I know Joe works, uh, thinks outside the box, can't wrestle with him. 
any it's like the little details that I really like in wrestling. Um like before I was on about Ridgeway and Cara Noir. Um there was a spot in there where so Cara Noir does the package pile driver on the apron. Yeah. Then they do the bit where they get in a bit later on. Chris hits the German suplex with the bridge, but he gives up on the pin because his neck's uh, fucked up from the pile driver. Oh, yeah. So it's not even that it's not even that he kicked out; it's that he gave up the pin because he, he couldn't hold it. Like little things like that is what I really like. Mm-hmm. Like things that stand Definitely. out and are different. Um, I found that really interesting, and I know Joe does that sort of thing. And obviously, I've watched Karen Oa in a lot of matches, and I know he does that sort of thing. So I like to see them work together. And just do something different. Do you know what I mean? Do yes. something interesting. That'd be a great match. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah. My girlfriend was very intrigued by Carol Noir when we watched Progress. I said, wait, wait till you see his entrance in front of a crowd and the guy can go all black and be a spotlight on him. Just, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> so, very cool. She's, she, yeah, she's very intrigued by him. Yeah. <laughs> she's never seen him before. I was like, oh, he's, he's great. <laughs> she's like, what's that? What's that? Was it the black swan? Was the, was the, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. It's just like it's not the black swan's music. I said, yes, he's very very theatrical. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> All right, uh, hardcore extreme rules style match. Oh, so I would have Tyler Devlin. Yes, who we all know is big hardcore man. Um, I think in the hardcore scene that the UK does have, mm. I think we're going to be seeing a lot more Tyler Devlin. Yes, and um, it's a bit crazy. It jumps off a lot of things. <laughs> Takes lots of big bumps. Yeah. Um, but he, he's also a very nice man. Yeah, it's uh, lovely when I interviewed him. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm going for a similar sort of thought process as the comedy match, where it's like a comedy wrestler versus a non-comedy wrestler. Yes. So I've got <clears> Tyler <throat> Devlin as the hardcore guy versus Big Guns Joe. Oh. Ooh. And I, I, That'd so be the reason I'm putting yeah. Big Guns Joe in this match, not comedy, it's because I think Joe gets overshadowed by like the comedic side of his gimmick. Because I've watched Joe do matches um, where he, he builds stories. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And where he builds the moments and where he builds up in it, not just through comedy, but literally just wrestles a match and builds up the crowd and then tells a story through it. And I think that's probably his, the, the best thing he has. I think that's his strongest strength, not so much his comedic stuff. Um, I mean, it's all his comedy stuff's great as well. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think he can build a match better than anybody else. And to me, uh, a good hardcore match isn't just big hardcore spots, but it's telling a story and it's using the weapons to escalate the story mm-hmm. and to, to tell an even better one. So I think, yeah, Tyler Devman and Big Guns Joe could have a good match there. Definitely. That'd be fun. <laughs> I can see that. Um, a tag team title match. I have got the Young Guns as yeah. champions. Yes, against the Freak Show. Oh, that'll be Carter fun. Nightmare. Yeah, my thought process behind this yeah. is obviously Young Guns well established. They're just sick. I don't think I really need to be putting the Young Guns over. I think everyone no. knows. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and I've got the Freak Show because I think the Freak Show should be like nothing the Young Guns have ever faced. That's Def- the yeah. story. Yeah, is that. The young guns can batter them up, but the freak show are a bit freaky. You know what I mean? They're, they're going to come back and do some weird stuff. Um, yeah, that, that, that was the first time I'd seen the freak show at, at Morecambe. And they, they were a lot of fun against Synergy. Also. Yeah, yeah, they're fun. Um, I think Nightmare is very underrated. 
Mm-hmm. I know he, he's, I think he's quite comfortable where he is um, in the position that he's in in wrestling. But I, I like his Nightmare's gimmick is so different to anything I've seen in mm-hmm. progress. Yeah, definitely. And like, I think he could go all the way. Uh, and obviously, Will's like my brother and everything. And yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens in this match. Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah. And then it's your main events. I have got Chris Ridgway versus Sam Bailey. Yes. That'll be good. Um, two people who have had a lot of influence on my wrestling. Uh, the people who have trained me quite a lot as well at Future Shock. Two very different mindsets in wrestling. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a clash styles. of styles. Yeah. Very, yeah. And I don't know whether it would work. I don't know. Maybe they'd collide and then it just wouldn't work at all. Or maybe it would work. I'd hope it would work. But I just kind of want to <laughs> see what they do and how, how they'd wrestle each other and how it would fit. Um, yeah. 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 I you, be, said, yeah. you said it can be any stipulations. Yeah, maybe do whatever you want. It's for ownership of the future shock. Ooh. Wow. Yes. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Whoever loses has to uh, leave Manchester forever. <laughs> that'd be fun. I'd love to see that made event. I think that'd be a complete, yes, as you say. If you have a Manx Union on the back outside, then you can have North Northwest strong on the outside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Be very true. Yeah, be fun. <laughs> That'd be a great card. I'd really love to watch it. Uh, thank you. <laughs> cool. So, uh, where can um, the listeners see you in the near future? So, I will be at. Um, well, I don't know if I'm allowed to say because I haven't been announced yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when's this podcast going up? Friday. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to say it anyway. I hope I don't get in trouble. So I will be at Future Shock on Sunday. Yes. Okay. Uh, and I will be at some other shows. I will be at Markham again. I'm yes. not going to say when I'll be at Markham, but I will be at Markham again. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be at BWR again. Um, not sure when. Uh, and there is um, another company in Manchester that I will be wrestling for at some point. Ooh. I don't want to give I don't want to give too much away. Uh, cool. <laughs> That's cool. You'll have to follow me on my social medias and I'll yes. share it and then you'll see where I am. Cool. <laughs> um, that is two bit T U B Y T. Yes. Is that two bit on all, all the socials? Is it? So all the socials, yeah. Um it might be an underscore, it might be a dot in between <laughs> two and bit, but yeah. you'll work it out. Just search two bit, you'll find it. Cool. There isn't many people called Tuba in the world. <laughs> I've, I've put links to all your socials in the description below the interview anyway. So uh, no, do you have any merch, a merch store or anything you want to promote? Um, I do not have a merch store. I am looking into setting one up at some point soon though. So again, if you go on my social media, I'll be saying when it's set up and I'll give all the links and everything then. I was going to say thank you very much. What are you going to say? I was going to say the same. <laughs> thank you for coming on. I've really, really enjoyed it. I'd love to have you on again in the future. So. <laughs> I enjoyed it, yeah. It's very nice chat. <laughs>